Batman's battle against crime never ends. And now you can bring the action home. Batman, ha-ha, you missed. Yeah, but I only missed once. You can't escape Joker. Just watch if you can. You won't be alone for long. And in the Batcave. No criminal can hide from Batman. Each item sold separately from Toy Biz. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Timmy Time in the Bat Fan Revolution podcast. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, and we are on episode 93. My name's Tim. I'm going to be your host, and I'm doing a switcheroo with Dane. Dane is with me, but I'm just taking over the intro for this. So what's up, Dane? Wow, that was better than I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done, like, how many now? He's at, at, least, at least 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just 70, yeah. So, so what episode are we on? 96? 93. 93. Yeah, we're getting... We're only seven away from uh, 100. Yep. So I, I still can't believe it, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't believe we stuck with it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make episode 99 our final episode ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to make 100. So we just couldn't make it there because we just can't do it because it's, we suck. It's like a baseball player who retires after hitting 499 home runs or something. <laughs> or yeah, like yeah. 2,999 hits away from 3,000. Or it's kind of like that, that player that's been playing for like 20 years and this is his last season, and he finally makes it to the World Series, but they get swept. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think, actually, Fred McGriff, he finished his career at 400 and, like, 93, 92 home runs, something like that. Really? Yeah, that's got to <laughs> – that, that would eat me away. But, like, after you retired, you're just so close to 500. It's, it's kind of like if he had just one more season, he probably could have hit 500. Exactly. <laughs> But no, we'll make it past 100. We're going to go up to 1,000. That's going to be our goal. <laughs> Are you sure about that, Tim? Because, I don't know, like, I think, I mean, you did not get me anything on Force Friday, so. Oh, that's right. I got to give you that Lego piece. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was kind of pitiful, though, because I was I was reading on Twitter, all, all these people that I follow that are uh, Star Wars fans, how like understocked all the stores uh, were big time i know some some stores are better than others i think for the most part almost every toys r us was well understocked yeah it's almost like uh, they I mean, were like yeah. expecting the crowd they were having i mean come on it's a new star yeah, but like how could you not expect it yeah i mean they're building this force friday up for months now like even more so than when the prequels came out i mean they've been marketing they, this. they had a they had a internet premiere exactly announcement thing how did you not think it was going to be that big i know uh, no it was disappointing that midnight madness run at toys so i got two troopers which is cool but by the time i was like 20th in line out of probably almost 100 people Mm -hmm. and we had even had a store manager come out saying uh everyone we got tons of shipment in we should have enough for everybody we just got to ask that it's three per customer but we got enough in so everyone should get what they want by the time i got there it was not all everything was gone pretty much all the three and three quarter figures were empty it was yeah yeah i barely got uh the flame trooper i was like trying to make my way 
I grabbed it just before someone else's hand came in. <laughs> like, oh shoot. <laughs> so you better put that under your shirt or something <laughs> or lick it or something. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, just story after story of people that were like, like 20th or, you know, 30th in line mm. that, you know, they, they showed up early, stood in line for all that time. They get in and they could barely get anything because, like, like I was reading one story where this guy wanted, you know, the figures and stuff, but he also wanted the uh, the Legos, but they were in two separate lines. Oh, really? They did that? Yeah. So what he did was he sent his girlfriend to go stand in that the, the Lego line, mm-hmm. and he got like a, I don't know, like a speeder or something, and that was pretty much the only thing he got because by the time he got to the figures, mostly everything was gone. Yeah. Like literally off the shelves. Yeah. That's all it was. But I mean, there's maybe like a handful of figures by the time I got there. There was a lot of people behind me. So I know there's a lot of people who left empty handed, unfortunately. I know that's gotta be so sickening where you, you know, you wait up for this thing and you you get yourself pumped and and there's nothing for you. Even there was a guy up and he was like, right in front of me he was the person in line who was just right ahead of me and he was super excited he was all pumped up to go in there and by the time we got there and like everyone was kind of out for themselves but i was like walking my up to the cash register i just see him pass by he has nothing in his hands like nothing no. I'm like oh man that sucks i would have been so sick <laughs> if i if i went there i stood in line and i got nothing i mean i i, I got the lego piece right yeah, <laughs> the saving grace for going to the midnight uh, opening was that they gave out these really cool Kylo Ren posters, which I think everyone got. <laughs> it looks like that a good supply of those and that Lego piece. They have a good supply of that. <laughs> it sounded like it I, when they had a few boxes. Like they opened the first, like the second box when I got there to get mine. So it looks like they had several left. So hopefully everyone got that poster yeah. at least for it wasn't a complete waste of time of waiting in line at midnight. Maybe they should have did the uh, Kenner thing where they just handed out, like, uh, rain checks. Uh, (laughs) I don't think that would have satisfied anybody. (laughs) And I was really hoping for a Captain Phasma and Kylo Ren figures, but... They were all gone. Yeah, I saw, like, one Captain Phasma. I was trying to make my way up there, but by the time I got there, it was gone already. (laughs) I did get a Captain Phasma, a Funko Pop toy, so... Yeah, but it's not as good as the three... Yeah. Um... (laughs) It's like I had to go home with some type of Captain Phasma toy. I just had to, so I got that. <laughs> Captain Phasma, Kylo Ren. Like, like, I guess those are the two biggest things that sold out like the fastest. Yeah, and all the Black Series figures too. Those six inch mm-hmm. ones, especially the Kylo Ren. I saw like a Chewbacca's there, but pretty much all those series are gone too. I haven't seen any of those. It's like, oh man, I don't want a Chewbacca. <laughs> Nothing against Tui, but he's not one of the new figures. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's sad. It's like, how come they just didn't limit them to limit people to one thing? That seems like how it should have been. Looking back on it, because three per customer is a little too much now. So so you could buy like three Phasmas, three Rens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, j- yeah. Just one Ren, one Phasma, one. You know, whoever. Mm-hmm. One chewy. <laughs> yeah, so I I went actually went there today. They had a few Tie Fighter pilot figures. So that's about it. <laughs> and like yeah. Tie Fighter pilots and a Resistance soldier figures. 
those seem like the ones that are going to be the toys you see on shelves everywhere <laughs> that nobody really wants. Those are the only ones you're going to find right now so far. So the Toys R Us you went to, was that the one you worked at? No. Oh. Yeah, the Toys R Us I worked at is in another city from I, I've moved since then, so <laughs> that one's not too close. So is it only at uh, Toys R Us? The Walmart, too, and yeah. some t- Targets. Target by my house is open like earlier at 8 a.m. They didn't do a midnight mm-hmm. thing, but. Yeah, yes. So I did make out good with some t shirts the next day, which I got to be honest, I was really looking forward to getting cool new t shirts more than figures. I just wanted my specific Phasma and Kylo Ren one, so, but I was happy with the t shirts I got. Yeah, but it's it's not like a figure, you know? Yeah, that, well, yeah, I didn't go to Toys R Us for a t-shirt, so <laughs> that particular <laughs> night was a little disappointing. But I think it made up for it the next day. Got some cool stuff. So once you checked out with all of your stuff and you're sitting in your car waiting to go home, were you all like, man, like, why did I even wake up? <laughs> I mean, wh- why did I even stay up for this? It's a little bit because, yeah, I got, I got online at 930 so I thought I'd be, I mean, there yeah. wasn't a huge crowd. Like I said, I was maybe about the 20th person there mm-hmm. and the line got bigger. And I thought oh, I'd have a good shot of getting some of those figures, especially after I hear the managers say we're well stocked. <laughs> so I felt pretty good, but nope. And then I hear uh, Kyle text me saying, oh, I'm at my Walmart and there's only five people here. <laughs> and I got here at 1130. Like, ah. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should have went to Walmart. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should have went to Walmart instead of Toys R Us because, well, I mean, it seemed like every location was understocked. Yeah, it's something like that, but I think I heard more about Toys R Us than other stores. How could they not? They they specialize in toys. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't get it. It's like they they do one thing. They do one thing, Tim. They specialize in toys. They're a toy store, and. They, for some reason, decided to understock their shelves on what could have been one of their biggest nights in or this year. Totally. And <laughs> I just look back for episode one. I mean, they had tons of figures. It might not have been like, of course, yeah. one would have wanted Darth Maul back then. But at least there was toys on the shelves that you can pick out and get something. They had nothing by the time I got there. Absolutely nothing. So that's, that's sad. The, the most disappointing thing. Just that you couldn't even have a choice if you want to get like one of the lesser known characters or a figure that's not going to be that popular. But you couldn't even get that on Midnight Madness. That's sad. Yeah. But, well, hopefully it's like within a few weeks or two, we'll kind of find out which toy is actually rare and what was just kind of on the hype train for the Midnight Madness and what will actually be easier to find than others. So well, Seems like they're all rare. <laughs> right now, yeah. So maybe it's next month we'll see what's still on store shelves and what's not. So did you make that trip to uh, eBay and, you know, you're looking at all the prices and yeah. it's like, oh, maybe if I can just buy one off of eBay because apparently Toys R Us, which is, you know, the largest toy store in America, <laughs> <laughs> can't seem to get their stuff together yeah i didn't even bother i know they'd be crazy but yeah. uh pretty cool like comic sh- shop manager said he like ordered a case from entertainment earth and yeah. it comes with two kylo ren figures and said once he get his he'll like sell me his for the same price so i potentially have one waiting for me so <laughs> that'd be good yeah. it's so sad that your comic book guy uh store manager has the special order one for you 
<laughs> <laughs> I can't get it myself, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can't go to a store that specializes in toys. It would be nice, yeah. <laughs> like you go to a toy store, you get a toy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Well, maybe doing a minute of Dark Knight Ride as commentary will cheer me up a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> For a minute, it will. <laughs> but yeah, we are on minute 45. We went to minute 46. So we'll see if we actually see Batman in this episode. We'll find out. So go ahead and get your HD DVD, your beta tape, your laser disc, your VHS, all the dead media stuff that everyone, of course, still has lying around somewhere in their house. <laughs> and queue it up to minute 45. So are you ready, Dane? Yes, I am. All right. Three, two, one, go. SWAT officers. Yeah, walk, and they're walking out. And oh, finally. Yes. <laughs> finally, we're getting the uh, action sequence, and we're getting... We might see Batman this time. Yeah, but see, Bane's men not all bad. They're dumping the hostages, not just killing them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how safe it is to be tossed off a bike like that. <laughs> well, I don't think it'd kill them. Okay, we're in the underground uh, freeway. Yeah. Oh, there's the two cops. So hopefully... Two cops that were, I think, an homage to the Dark Knight Returns cops when they first see Batman. Yeah. I like how he says, there's no shot. Yeah. <laughs> and Dane, we are not going to make it. Oh, no. Oh, like it's... the lights are just going off. <laughs> oh, no, Tim. <laughs> we were this close. Oh, we're literally like 15 seconds away. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of curious right now just to hit play again and continue no, on. No, don't do it, Tim. We can't, that's, though. That's cheating. It's, it's going to make our next episode really special if yeah. we actually see him. So, got to hold off. It's weird how we almost synced it to our 100th episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were almost there. 94. We were, we'd have been six minutes off. Yeah. But we're just going to have to be a little patient. So we'll just go ahead and go into our feature topic, which is going to be kind of similar in line to what we're talking about with Force Friday. I mean, with that, I've had toys and merchandise on my mind, especially for Star Wars. But then it got me thinking about the Batman toys and merchandise I've had over the years. So that would kind of go over and talk about some of the cool stuff we've collected over the years for the Batman toys or Batman merchandise. So that's going to be our discussion. And for me, I was going to start off with the very first Batman toy I remember having. And I mean, it was pretty young. I think it was like around three or four or something like that. So I think it was my first. Maybe I had some other type of toy or merchandise item that's for younger kids. I don't remember. But first thing I remember is an action figure of Batman that I think it might have been based off. The, like It was in the style of the Super Friend cartoons, you know, in the 70s Batman with the blue cape and cowl, boots and gloves, and with the gray... Like, uh, the gray pants and gray shirts. So it was like that classic Batman look. But I had it was a collection of that, and I had a, a Batman and Robin, and one of my favorite items, like an old school Batmobile. It was kind of not quite like the Adam West one, but it was a convertible type like that. It was like dark blue, and it might have been in the style of the '70s comics, more in that line. But it was a really cool like that kind of almost it shows the perfectly the era of that batman of that batman and robin and that batmobile and man did i play with those toys to death <laughs> because maybe in as i got older by the time maybe by the time the 89 movie came out those batman and robin figures were just 
all worn out. I actually I think my Batman that toy doesn't have any arms <laughs> by then. It was just his torso, upper body, and his legs, and those are like really loose too. And then my Robin figure pretty much had all his paint coming off where it looked like he wasn't wearing any pants. <laughs> it was just his shirt peeling and like his hair. It was almost bald too. The paint on his hair was coming off. I just played with those things to death. And it was cool because right. I mainly had the Batman stuff, but my cousin who lived like in the house behind us, she collected, she was into that stuff too. And she had like almost the whole Justice League set of those toys. Like she would have a Superman, a Green Lantern, or Aquaman. And she had her Batman too. And hers were in much better condition than <laughs> I kept mine. So sometimes I'd want to play with that. But those were the first ones I remember. And what was cool about those too, they'd come with these little booklets where it would almost be like a mini comic in there, which would could have been like one of the early comic stories I actually would have got. But not technically a comic book, but some Batman stories in those booklets, which was cool. So I don't remember exactly what line of toys that was, if it was a specific DC line or not, like what was the name of it. But I think there were the only major DC figures at that time during the like, early to mid-80s. So that was my very first memory of the Batman toys that I had and played with to death. Those are really cool. So how about you, Dame? What was your earliest Batman toy or merchandise that you remember having? Um, I'm not really sure what it was from. Um, but I had gotten, um, uh, a Batman and a Superman toy that was a die cast toy and it had like a clip on, uh, it had a clip on cape. Okay. Was it like the cloth t- style cape? Yeah, it was a cloth okay. style Okay. That was kind of like the a... ones I had too. Well, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. All toys at that time were like that super. Yeah, like a die cat. I remember, I, I remember getting it from a garage sale. Okay. And yeah, so I I have no idea what series it was from or whatever, but <laughs> it wasn't in the box. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I got it from a garage sale, and uh, at the time, my mom was uh, um, was a daycare. She she ran her own daycare. Mm-hmm. And she replaced those with a Batman Returns figure. And those two, the, the Batman and the Superman, ended up becoming um, toys for the kids at the daycare. Okay. While I moved on to the Batman Returns, um, it was kind of a bigger figure. Um, it had, like, a, like I said before, uh, um, a, a cloth cape. And I just remember... Like going to kindergarten and just putting that in my bag because that that's pretty much all that could fit in my bag when <laughs> I went to kindergarten. I remember I used to not not play with it or anything. I used to just keep it with me, and then like for some reason after work, I mean after school, when I caught the bus home, I would take out take it out and play with it on the bus. I don't know why I didn't play with it at school. I don't know why. I don't even know why I bought, I, I brought it with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those weird things but um yeah that's that's probably my my earliest memory of um um batman toys but alternatively i remember being a kid and always wanting a batmobile it just a batmobile whether it was the 60s one the you know the 89 batmobile or you know the tumbler and i 21 years later when I turned 21, I finally got one. Nice. <laughs> got Which one was it? I got the tumbler. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask when you would play with your toys on the bus or 
you said you didn't play it while you were at school. Was it because you were worried about any kids coming, like taking it or wanting to play with it? That ever happens to you while you were on the bus? No, not really. Because I remember I used to sit like in the back of the bus and I, I used to just play by myself with my Batman toy. I don't know why. <laughs> and then I remember, um, I remember calculating the time it took, like how much time I would have on the bus because I mean it, it was like a like a five minute or five minute ride to the bus stop where my mom would be and i remember like calculating at the time okay i have this amount this much amount of time and then i gotta put my batman away in my bag so i can get off the bus right here at this point ah, i mean i don't know why i don't even know why i brought it like i said <laughs> hey if you play it kept you entertained on the bus <laughs> yeah for like for those uh few minutes <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least you didn't lose it, because I'm sure a lot of kids probably would have lost it when they get oh, to yeah. school or on a bus or something like that. In fact, my mom still has it. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's yeah. even better. See, I pretty much kept all my toys, too, but those early Batman and Robin figures I was talking about, they were just so yeah. worn out. Like I said, he had no arms. I don't think I kept those ones. <laughs> they were just like, uh, almost unrecognizable, probably, to a point now. Yeah. But I know my cousin still has hers, so... If I wanted to, I probably could still see them because I know she kept hers in good condition. I know she yeah. kept them too. Yeah, because I remember going to, um, remember going to Toys R Us, and I remember, I remember my mom buying me a, or my parents buying me a, a Bane figure, mm. and I remember like playing, playing with it and playing with it and playing with it, and then all of a sudden one day the arms broke off, and I remember like my dad. Like gluing it back together, like super gluing the arms where you couldn't. Because remember the arms used to just move up and down. Yep. Like now you got toys where they can move like sideways and stuff like that. But like these ones, the the, the arms just moved up and down, and the arms didn't move up and down anymore. So I remember, like if I if I wanted to put them in a, in a different position, I would have to break up, have my dad break off the arms and reglue it back. Oh man. <laughs> It's like, oh man, I guess that was a cheap toy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, just like with those toys, it was a little too like, like you said, if you were a kid, you wanted to have them in different positions and move different ways. But like now, we like you said, you got ones that you could like articulate them in certain positions yeah. that you want. Like wrong time period when we were kids. <laughs> I know. Now there's like, like I said, with the arms and different outfits and looks and. But I do think we got better looking toys. I think they were made better in our time, or at least that's how they looked and resembling the characters. I think sometimes they just feel really rushed and just get it out there for right. tie-in with movies. But speaking of movies, probably my favorite time period of collecting Batman toys had to be when the 1989 movie came out, and because I was six years old when that came out, and I mean, as a six-year-old kid, like you live for toys, I would think, especially being a Batman fan. So. I couldn't wait to get my hands on those. And I was just thinking, as we were talking about Forest Friday, if there was going to be any Batman movie at during any time to have something like that, I think it would have been when the 89 movie came out. I mean, how cool would have that been for Batman fans? I mean, this is like the movie diehard Batman comic book fans have been waiting for it, the dark version. And if they have kind of a Midnight Madness thing where you're getting toys out for that movie, I think that would have been a big success. So, of course, uh, most of that stuff didn't happen back then. But looking back, I think that would have been a big thing just to help promote the movie too it would have been a real big success but as a kid i don't 
see, that's the thing too. We're talking about how hard it was to get toys before it's Friday, and it's hard to remember how long after it was when those toys came out from when I got them. But I remember seeing Batman's and Joker and Bob the Goon toys on the shelves pretty regularly, and those are the three ones I first got. And kind of like the early toys I had. I played with those ones to death too. <laughs> and I just remember loving that Batman figure. Cause like I loved how it was all black. just like the 89 Michael Keaton Batman was. And I had a thing where you can pull out his utility belt to make a little grapple rope. And I would pull that thing <laughs> like hanging on different places throughout the house. And the Joker came with this, uh, like rubber, like container and like a rubber tube that you, or plastic tube that you put behind him. You put water in it, and you can squirt out water through his flower. And <laughs> I did that so much with that 89 Batman figure. It got so wet, it wiped out his bat signal on his chest, where Jeez. he didn't have that on there. It was just a black armored suit <laughs> with no <laughs> Batman symbol on there. It had the cloth tape, cloth cape, too. So I like those toys. And then the vehicles, too. Like, remember, it must have been in, like, I think it was first grade. Yeah, we got like the last when school was ending got a good report card and i remember my reward was getting the batwing and uh, that just might be my favorite batman toy that was really cool to get i just love playing with that, with that thing i mean i used it for the batman when playing with my batman toys and a part of the thing was that the wings they're detachable like you would put them on and you put them off take them off and i would actually use those wings just as i was playing with my brothers it's kind of like these big claws or weapons or something like that so i got double use out of that bat wing so that was a really cool toy i remember being really really happy when i got that that was like a big deal for me so yeah and the bat wing it, it shot off the the front end of it right yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, I had, that. it had the little like grapples too uh, batman used to capture all the balloons in the movies yeah. so you could use that to pick up characters and stuff like that so yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because you know when you said that you got a good, uh, you got a good grade, you got good grades or something, and that was your reward, because that's exactly what happens to me too. <laughs> nice. Like I had gotten good grades, I guess, and I remember getting that, and I remember uh, my cousin being so jealous that I got the uh, the Batwing, that like he um, he ended up trying to like steal it from me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How would he try? Did he bring a bag or something? Or did he try to put it under his shirt? <laughs> that thing's big. Uh, I think he just tried to walk away with it. Oh, and I remember being like, no, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, that Batwing's so awesome. And I still have that too, which I'm happy to say. But the Bat- 89 Batmobile, the one they came out with, it was kind of like a convertible style so you could put your figures in. And I never really liked that. It's like oh, that's not how it looks in the movie. I want one that closes, and I don't think they ever made one. But I did get a smaller version of that Batmobile. That was a remote controlled one, and you couldn't put any figures in there. So I didn't use the remote control a lot. But I, but that was my main Batmobile toy because I really didn't care that I couldn't put a figure in there. I would just pretend that Batman <laughs> wasn't a Batmobile, and I would use that to drive around and stuff. So I did like the remote control Batmobile toy better than the actual designed one where you could put the yeah. figures in oh that bug you at all like batmobiles that were convertibles and they're not supposed to be just to put the figures in well well i mean they used to bug me period because like like you see the movie and then you you, you want to play out the movie with your toys right as a kid and when it doesn't re- really like 
when it doesn't really like quote like I, I don't know what the word is like it doesn't really match up with what you saw in the movie yeah, it's exactly. kind of just like a huge letdown i remember i remember getting like an x-wing or something um like right before uh um what do you call it? uh episode one came out mm-hmm and in episode one, they have the, the those yellow ships. I can't remember what they're called. It's the Naboo Starfighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the, the new Starfighter, the, the Naboo Starfighters. But, like, I remember trying to, like, get my parents to get me one of those. Mm-hmm. And they just wouldn't get me one of those. So, like, I had to make, like, the X-Wing was one of those... Um, those Naboo Starfighters, and I remember just being like, no, it's not. I, I, I can't convince myself. Did you try to paint it yellow? <laughs> oh, no, I was like, okay, this is the Naboo Starfighter, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's yeah, like, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, 89 Batman movie toy period, I love that time. It was just really cool as a little kid getting those toys, and for Batman Forever, I didn't get too much of the vehicles. I did get that Batboat, which was a pretty well-made vehicle like that but that was when all the variation batman figures came out yeah the white batman the armored suit gold batman who came with a jetpack and like an aqua batman who was like light yellow or light green type color and i actually remember playing with those a lot because the shape of his it was like a lot because i remember the 89 batman toy was a little bulkier but these ones were more slimmed down and i looks like how the toys i thought were made better for batman returns and i don't think the white Ar- like Arctic Batman looked that bad in that gold one, so those are actually my go-to Batman figures that I would play with, uh, like the Batman Returns action figures. But I remember during that time, I probably got there was a Batman figure I just couldn't wait to get. It was the one that it was Bruce Wayne, but you can put uh, his Batman costume on him, and you'd have the cow, you could put that on him, and the cape, the ca- cape and the cow were attached, so you'd put that together, and have his mask and his cape. Then you put different body armors on him to complete the Batman suit. But when I got it, I was being, I remember being disappointed because it looked so bulky. It didn't look right <laughs> like the normal Batman toys. His gloves right. stuck out a lot. You couldn't like, it was kind of hard to match them all up to make it look like a representable Batman toy. So and I remember his mask ripping a little, like not too long after I got it. So <laughs> you're like, oh man. So I just used them as a Bruce Wayne toy. <laughs> I never used it as a Batman figure. So. Like the one disappointed toy I got during that time period, but right. And then after that, yeah. I, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, um, you know, you have all those toys with the little gadgets and the guns yeah. and like whatever. I remember playing with those in the tub, and I remember like how many like of those accessories going down the drain. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah, I, I never. As much as I play with figures and kind of mess them up, well, like I said, yeah. with that Joker water spray and rubbing the paint off i never play with toys in the bathtub really <laughs> yeah it's like, man, it's maybe a good thing because you know, now that i think about it i did bust a rancor toy i had in the bathtub <laughs> i would i don't know why i decided to play with a rancor toy in the bathtub yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> the, the rancor wasn't wasn't in a wet environment <laughs> i think i lost a figure in his mouth too as i'd like Try to make like he was eating someone and it got stuck in there. I never got it out. <laughs> but then he, he was someone that ended up with no legs and no arms too. So just like a torso of a rancor. <laughs> uh, but after the Returns era, it was Batman the Animated Series. I got a few figures, but 
I didn't get as much as I did with the movies. I remember I had a man bat, um, just a regular Batman, and a Robin. But actually, going back, speaking of Robin, I remember the first time I actually saw the new design Tim Drake Robin was an action figure. It, I don't remember if it came out during the 89 Batman era or maybe like a year after or during Batman Returns, like what toy line it was from. But it was the first time I saw Robin with, he didn't have just the green underwear. <laughs> he had the green pants and he had the long cape that was black and yellow. And I remember that kind of blowing me away. It's like, oh, this is the best Robin design ever. And I that's when I found out about Tim Drake in the comics, how he was the new Robin. That was his new look. And then, of course, we got... Uh, Bruce Tim used that design for Dick in the animated series, and that's always been my favorite Robin design, as I said before, and I attribute it to that toy. <laughs> and I, I did get that toy. That was one I actually took care of. <laughs> it's still in good condition to this day because I just loved how that Robin looked. So, yeah, that was my animated series collection. But then a few years later, like 98, 99, kind of just c- collected some Batman animated series toys that i saw at a toy shop was like an independent toy store that was called toytropolis which i always thought was a good name (laughs) they had like a killer croc a bane a gangster joker and some of the more rare animated series figures i didn't see on store shelves like a mr freeze and i got those and a clay face too that clay face did look pretty good but that was when i was in the phase of keeping them in the box and having them as collector's items so i never opened those ones and played with them but still good to have (laughs) did you collect much of the animated series stuff no, not really, but um, I think I I think I had a Mr. Freeze. Okay, I remember playing with that. But yeah, I was about to I was about to uh, ask you if you had any toys from when you were a kid that are still in the box that you just never opened. Yeah, just those animated series ones, and that's when I wasn't really even a kid. I was about fourteen, fifteen during that time mm. period. So, wish I wasn't playing with too much toys, but still <laughs> getting up. <laughs> Why? Because yep. you want it to be cool, Tim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Toys are beneath me, but Toys I'm just going to keep them in the box. <laughs> yeah. And um, oh, I don't know if you're like this, too. I remember for the few animated series toys i got i didn't mix them too much for with like the movie action figure toys because they just couldn't too different couldn't. and it didn't seem yeah. right yeah <laughs> like i don't know if that just me being too nerdy or if there was like other bat fans who kind of did the same thing where this doesn't feel right or i even remember having like toys from like different you know series of toys mm-hmm. like, like like different different genres entirely and then i remember being like yeah, there's no way the Hulk would ever play or ever fight, you know, like Robin. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no way. Yeah, I never Even mixed as a my kid, world with like, DC. Yeah, so you can't you can't mix and match, or or like if if you had like a GI Joe's, like GI Joe would never fight like Batman. So I don't think I can make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> And I never, yeah, didn't do, didn't mix Star Wars toys with anything. Like I said, no Marvel, DC stuff. But yeah, I always thought, man, I was a real nerd even back then. But <laughs> it'd be cool if almost every comic book kid or Batman fan did the same thing <laughs> to show that we're all on the same page as being real nerdy. <laughs> right. But yeah, I would say kind of like the last period of me getting Batman toys was during the new Batman Adventures era, then like 97, 98. I got. I remember getting a four-pack that had Batman, Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin from the new animated series. And I'm trying to think, I didn't get too many other like villain figures during that time period. I think I got a Mister Freeze 
two, but that might have been it. But yeah, that was about it. And then I never didn't get really any of the Dark Knight trilogy toys because I didn't pay too much attention. I think my brother might have got one or two, but that was I think during that time period. That's what I was talking about, where I don't think toys looked and were made as good as like the early ones when I was a kid. They just didn't I don't know they didn't look right to me and never really got into collecting them. Did you get it many of like the Dark Knight trilogy toys? Uh, besides that Tumblr, no. Yeah. No, no not figures really. or anything. Well, they didn't push push the toys that hard. Yeah, they and really didn't, but they were out there. It doesn't seem very kid friendly. <laughs> I mean, like Scarecrow, that was creepy. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you could kind of play with with, with a Bane, but yeah, see, I, I don't know. I just I never really looked at. Or saw them on toy store shelves to get a good idea how they were. I just remember seeing pictures of them. I was like, yeah, they're okay. But yeah, yeah. So other than that, I mean, I got a few like during 2011. I think during the Flashpoint storyline going on, they put out some figures there. So just like regular Justice League. So I got a Batman uh, figure with a Green Lantern and a Superman, and that might be one of like the last Batman figures I've gotten really. So. That's my Batman action figure collection that I've gotten throughout the years. And there was also some like statues that I've gotten. I got a pretty cool um, new Batman Adventures uh, mini bus that I have on my computer desk that I'm looking at it right now. But the bad thing about that is when it mo- when I moved, his horn or one of his ears busted off. So he has one regular sized ear and one that's cracked and chipped off. So it doesn't look quite right, but it's still pretty good. Then I also got a little Harley statue that I got at a comic shop that's pretty much been at my work desk at, at work and then at home when I, I quit that job I kept it at my computer desk that Harley toy has been pretty much at any workstation that I've had so that's one that I've had for a long time too but I don't know what was would you say the last Batman toy or statue or merchandise item you said you got um oh, sorry for the siren but <laughs> um Man, I can't remember. I think my I think my sister got me something. Uh, I think it was like a Justice League Batman or something for my birthday. I can't remember what, really what it was, and I never opened it. Um, was it pretty recent, like a few years ago, or? Yeah, yeah, it was like a like my twenty fourth birthday or something. Yeah. I just can't remember what it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would have to go dig it up. <laughs> and of course, I still get the probably one Batman merchandise I'm still always on the lookout for is cool t-shirts. <laughs> Anytime I see that, I got to get that. But as far as toys and action figures and statues, kind of done at this point. Unless we'll see how if they make any cool Batman v Superman stuff. That Batman looks really cool because we know how awesome his costume is. So maybe we'll get yeah. a cool toy with that. But this might be a hard question, Dane. But there. Anything, whether you still have it or not, that was your absolute favorite Batman toy or merchandise item? Probably my Bane. Not the one with the broken arms. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which Bane was it? Was it a comic um, version, animated series? I think it was an animated series one. And I remember um, just playing with it all the time. I just remember playing with it all the time, taking it to school showing all my friends and and I remember my friends being super super impressed by it and 
they didn't believe that that was a Batman figure. Oh, really? Yeah. Or, I think uh, they weren't watching the animated series. But. They, they didn't think it was part of the Batman series or whatever. But, uh, yeah, probably probably the Bane. That's a good choice, I would think. If it's the same yeah, one that, I'm thinking of, I might have got that might have been another figure I've got um, where I didn't open it, just kept it in the box. I remember it looking really good, too. So. Yeah, the real top-heavy Bane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember taking it to Colorado. I remember taking it to Alaska when me and my family went. Um, and, yeah, just playing with it. I just remember. Yeah. And that's what toys are for, to be played with. <laughs> now that I look back, and like, it's like during my teenage years. like, yeah, it kind of bugs me now that I kept a lot of stuff in the box. Where it's like, they should be open and displayed. Like, that's where, if I get any figures now with my Star Wars stuff or anything, they're being opened and being displayed. Because they're not going to be worth anything. Although that time period has passed. <laughs> Those are the rare, real Star Wars, like that Jawa that's worth 900 bucks or something like that. <laughs> that's not going to happen anymore with any toy. Oh, you're not going to buy that one, Tim? <laughs> well... If I just see it lying around somewhere and I don't have to pay 900 bucks, I'll get it. <laughs> but for me, not, I don't have like something where it's like a real expensive Batman item that's like my pride and joy, kind of like that Commander Cody Star Wars <laughs> statue I got. Like that's my ultimate Star Wars possession. I didn't really have anything like that. A third, if anything, I, I would like to have with a really good Batman cowl. That'd be something I think would be really cool to have on display. Something that's good, not just a cheap toy or mask or anything like that. To have something from the Michael Keaton Batman costume, just with his cowl, where you can see the bat symbol on there. That'd be really cool to have. But I would probably go. I'm gonna go back to that Batwing. I said it was real special when I got that, and looking back on it, that was one that I played with a lot, and it's got so much use out of it. Like I said, playing with it for my Batman figures and just playing with it around when I was like playing with my brothers and stuff like that. So I had good memories with playing with that one. So I'd probably go with the Batwing as my favorite Batman toy that I've had for throughout the years, I would guess. But I actually posted on or put the word out on Twitter, see if any other fans wanted to share their favorite Batman merchandise they've had. And we got one from our buddy Mike who posted a picture of the Lego Tumblr. And I never, I mean, of course, I knew there was a Lego Tumblr out there, and I just didn't remember how good it looked. And it does look pretty cool. And if you were just passing by in the photo that he sent, it could pass off just as a normal Tumblr toy. I mean, once you look at it, you could tell it's Lego. But there's a, the Lego style, I think, fits the Tumblr. I don't know. Would you agree, Dane? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just tried to find the picture right now, and I found it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, I think uh, Mike said it took him about 10 hours to build, so <laughs> I don't know if I have that patience to build Legos. I've never been much of a Lego guy anyway, but that's one yeah, of Yeah, me cool. neither. And it's cool. I don't know if they came with it, but the little uh, Batman Lego and the Joker Lego, if they did come with it, that's pretty cool. Because <laughs> I like how those Lego figures look, especially when you would play the Lego Batman games. Yeah, me and Lego, it's kind of like, like uh, I'll buy a set. And then, you know, start building it. And then it's like, after about like two and a half hours, it's kind of like, ah, who cares about this? Yeah. <laughs> just buy the regular toy of it. <laughs> but I do remember buying uh, um, a Gundam. Okay. And, I'd put a few of those together. Yeah. But you see, the thing about the Gundam was, well, for one thing, I was younger. And another, 
another thing was um, uh, the the instructions were all in Japanese, <laughs> so um, it took me like a good year to put that whole thing together, just going off of the images. Man, I'm trying to think because. I got Gundam figures when they were just at Toys R Us and stuff like that, but were those yeah. instructions Japanese too? Like, were they just importing them were from they? there or not, like, localizing it's, them or not? I don't Yeah, because I bought it from a specialty store. They, they import uh, toys and stuff from okay. um, from Japan. And I remember getting that because it, it was like a pink Gundam. It was one of the older ones, not not like Gundam Wing. It was okay. one of like the original Gundams. Yeah, I was just going to ask you if it was a Gundam Wing because those are the ones I no. got. No, no, it was one of the like the '70s Gundams or whatever you call them. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember getting it, and I didn't expect the, the instructions to be in Japanese, so <laughs> I just had to go off of the images and try to find the right image or find the right piece off the image, which wasn't drawn very well, <laughs> and and try to like match it up and see if that part fit with that part and try to you know put it together. So it was like half a Gundam that was built. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I eventually finished it. I finished it. It's just I had a bunch of miscellaneous pieces that I don't know where. Oh, okay. where <laughs> you got the job. Right? It looks yeah. <laughs> fine to me. <laughs> um, but Mike also sent a picture of um, his NECA 18-inch Batman and Joker figures, and those look really cool. And he posted a picture of what has it's the Heath Leather Joker and the Michael Keaton Batman. And I responded saying, Man, those look so good that it doesn't even matter that those are characters from different movies. <laughs> they look like they can go together anyway, they look so good. So um yeah. But stuff like that, that would be something where I could see be one of my favorite Batman collectibles because those look really good. So yeah, you got some cool stuff, Mark. I mean Mike <laughs> already messing up the names. <laughs> So, and he also posted, for good measure, uh, a Lego X-Wing in the box. I mean, doesn't hurt to show a Star Wars toy also. So <laughs> thanks for sharing those images, Mike. And then also we got a photo from Neil Payne who sent us um, a photo. of He actually had the Lego Batman Tumblr too, which was cool. And then he has a really cool Batman statue where I don't know if it's from a specific version. It's just the black and gray Batman. Kind of The suit looks a little armored. It kind of made me thought it was Arkham, but... It doesn't look quite like it. Their ears are a little smaller than the Arkham ones, but it's a really cool looking the statue. And he has, has where he took the picture is there. He has a bat symbol shining behind it that looks awesome. So I don't know if it was something where that sim bat symbol came with the toy or not, or it was just a bat symbol he had too. And he, it's just cool to display it like that. But regardless, that's an awesome shot and an awesome yeah. statue. So yeah, thanks for sharing nice that. Picture. It's a nice picture. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should use. Did they like ever sell? Did they ever sell the, the bat signal? <laughs> they did come out with toys, I think. I'm never sure like how big they actually were, if it's like kind of like a flashlight style or not. Yeah. But if that's the case with the one Neil had, that's a pretty awesome one to have. Mm. I mean, you kind of something where you want it shining all the time in your room, have all your lights off, and waste <laughs> the battery for it. But whenever you can, it would be cool to show off. And that was it. So that's our trip down memory lane of our batman action figures slash merchandise collecting throughout the years so i thought it was fitting what's force friday going on i wonder if batman will ever get that whether it'll be a batman merchandise day or something yeah. i don't know what you would call it i almost feel like we should have had rob on this episode or you know just for this part or just to get his take on it because 
I was never really into the Batman stuff, the, the Batman action figures, and um, not now. So yeah, maybe if we had like a true, true expert, because not only does he collect the Robin stuff, he collects the Batman stuff too. So. Yeah, I mean, he collects a lot, and he has a lot of cool toys too. So yeah, Rob, if you're listening, let us know which ones are your favorites throughout the years, and what probably because I know you have a good collection. Which one do you think is the absolute best? We can find that out. Yeah, that, I mean that that would be like trying to pick like your favorite ice cream flavor (laughs) (laughs) your favorite child type thing (laughs) yeah your favorite child i have a feeling it's going to be some version of tim drake though for rob (laughs) just oh yeah definitely (laughs) yeah but which one (laughs) yeah that's the question which version of tim drake or maybe it's the uh batman and robin uh dick grayson Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i no, I was thinking, did I get a Batman Forever Robin toy? Like, no, I didn't. I think someone I knew did. I can't remember who, though. They didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, did anybody? <laughs> I mean, it was one of those figures, too, because that was another. I think when they got, well, even Batman Returns, I was talking about the different style Batman toys with the different colors. They made a lot of crappy versions of Robin yeah. for Batman Forever. That, like, is this even Robin? Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a time. Maybe it was Batman Forever that made me stop getting Batman toys because they all looked horrible. <laughs> I wonder how. I wonder how well the, those toys sold the uh, Batman and Robin uh, toys. I know because that was the whole purpose of the movie. Yeah, so, just sell toys. <laughs> and it probably yeah, it was probably all for yeah. besides the movie doing bad, but for selling toys, it was probably all for nothing because I can't imagine those sold good. It's just a big toy commercial. <laughs> Rip. Well, that's what they said on set. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> this is a positive discussion. But yeah, that's going to do it for our feature topic. And there wasn't really any big news stories that happened since our last episode. I mean, there has been Zack Snyder has been doing some interviews talking about Batman v Superman. There is some rumors going around. I don't know if you heard it, Dane, where. Um, it was being talked about how Warner Brothers was kind of telling Zack Snyder to edit the movie where there's more Batman in the movie instead of Superman and to put him on the forefront because apparently there was, they're just blown away by Ben Affleck's performance that they want to show that the most. And I, I didn't really buy that one because for one thing, um, it's not like Zack Snyder can just shoot more <laughs> stuff, just add more stuff to the story and shoot more with Ben Affleck. I, I guess if he wanted to, he can write something up and shoot something real quick but i think it'd be more in the editing front and i don't like i don't think there's really too much you can do as far as showcasing batman but in the interview he kind of addressed that saying where in the beginning it may focus a little more on batman to establish his story and also too because he wants to separate it from nolan's batman since that's what everyone's more familiar with and plus this version of Superman has one whole movie that people know about. So he says in the beginning, it might be a little more Batman focused, but by the time it gets to the middle and it's going to balance out between the two. But I don't know. Did you hear that rumor? what did you think though about it? Them wanting more Batman in Batman v Superman. Yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense because I mean, of course you had the Christopher Nolan movies and Batman was, was like one of the biggest things. So, um, and plus, too, like like Zack Snyder said, they're introducing a new Batman, so of course there's going to be more Batman in this movie. And like he said, it's going to even out in the middle and the end, 
of the movie and you know there's gonna be three three uh stars of the movie i guess you could say yeah which is the way it should be if you're gonna introduce wonder woman and i mean this was technically supposed to be a man of steel sequel right yeah so, <laughs> of course you gotta have superman in there yeah that's kind of where maybe this is gonna sound wrong as a batman fan for saying that but i was kind of a little disappointed that, that would be true or that's what warner brothers saying because like you said this at first technically was a man of steel sequel and then kind of developed into the, a true launching port for or launching point for the dc movie universe and now with Batman being the main focus. I mean, that's not going to be a bad thing, especially if Batman is awesome, which he does look just from the trailers. And right. it all balances out at the end. But I just hope that Superman doesn't get too pushed back in the beginning of the movie because there's part of me that still thinks of this as a Man of Steel sequel, even though it's kind of being billed as that's not the case. It's its own entity now. So I don't know. It's nothing I don't think to be too concerned about. It just I think it'd be a little disappointing if that's, how they really wanted to go, but yeah. And plus, what about uh, Wonder Woman? They're introducing her on the big screen for the first time mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, you get, you know, you got to make room for her too. Yep. And her movie's gonna be just a year later too, 2017. So we'll see mm-hmm. how much they feel they need to show up for her, just be a little small introduction. So we'll see. Yeah. I know there's been casting rumors for that too, where they want. Sean Green or Sean Green, uh, Sean Bean, and I think Eva Green for like the villains in the Wonder Woman movie. And when I hear Sean Bean's name, it's like, oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna die. As in everything he's in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the only movie where I didn't see him die was in that Nicolas Cage. Uh, what was it? Oh Lost God. Treasure. Or what was it? Some treasure hunting movie. I forget what it was. Oh, National, National Treasure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't die now. <laughs> no, he was the bad guy, but I just think he just gets arrested at the end or something. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he died in Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert. He died in Lord of the Rings. James Bond. James Bond. I think someone put together, I might have said this before, where someone put a montage video of all his death scenes and all his movies. <laughs> it was like 20 minutes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so, so, just I'm going to guess if... Um, you know, you, you, you're going to have Sean Bean in your movie. Like, if you're going to go see a Sean Bean movie, he's probably going to die in it, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think he died in Silent Hill, too. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I think he was in that movie, and I think he died in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably count on one hand the movies he survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what movies has he been in that where he survived besides National Treasure. Yeah, like I said, that's the only one that comes to my mind or the only one I've seen. See, I didn't even, when I saw Lord of the Rings, yeah. I didn't read the books, so I didn't know about his character Boromir was going to die. And I, I, that was kind of the time period, too, where I didn't realize he died in a lot of his movies. So when he died in that, I was like, oh, that's a shame because Boromir's a cool character. And yeah, he died in James Bond, too. And uh, I think, what was that? The Jack Ryan movie, Patriot, was it Patriot Games? Yeah, I think he died in that one too as the bad guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the many deaths of Sean Bean. Let's hope it doesn't yeah. continue in the DC universe. <laughs> Why, he's going to die. <laughs> I always I'm thought sure. he'd make a good Eddie Brock slash Venom. I thought he would have been a great choice of that, especially in the 90s version of Venom during like the yeah. Lethal Protector days when he had his own comic miniseries. Yeah, Venom doesn't die, though. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Brock does get terminal cancer 
in the Spider-Man comics, but I think the symbiote kind of cures it later on, though it came close. What about Eva Green? Did she die in... <laughs> I know she was in um, uh, Casino Royale. She died in that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, does she? Yeah, she does. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen many of the new James Bond movies. Well, she, well, she, she betrays James Bond, so... She she ends up drowning. <laughs> I don't think she dies in. Does she die in Three Hundred? The the sequel to Three Hundred. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're being cast together because they know they have. Yeah. Or they're known for their death scenes in movies. <laughs> it's like, what other movie was she in? I think she was oh, in a uh, Sin City, the sequel. Oh yeah, I think well, she dies in that one too. Yeah, did anyone does. see it to know if she dies or not? Yeah, I saw it. It was ninety nine cents on iTunes, so that's like, right. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, you gave me yeah. a deal of it. <laughs> it's kind of like here, here I am. I'm naked. <laughs> no reason, because I'm a woman. I'm naked. <laughs> you can get people and I'm to dead. see this somehow. <laughs> I mean, that's literally she's all, all she's there for. She's just a naked woman. That's all she is. <laughs> She's supposed to be this femme fatale woman, but you never really see that. You, but like, she's naked in almost every scene she's in. That's <laughs> 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 what I don't get. It's like, for one thing, A, do we need this movie? B, why is she always naked? <laughs> <laughs> I think A is definitely a no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't need a, another 300 sequel. <laughs> we got that. And both of them really didn't do too good. And both of them, she she had a starring role in. Well, uh, maybe she shouldn't be in Wonder Woman then. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, apparently she's like a really good actress. So, like, she's done some like like artsy films. So, okay, I think she was also on like a Showtime King Arthur series too, where she was. I think she played Morgana or something. She was a bad guy in that too. Yeah. But did she die in it? Uh, I don't think the series lasted that long, <laughs> or I didn't last long with it. I, I didn't really like. I didn't like that take on King Arthur. By the way, our rating scale is gonna be uh, did <laughs> like five out of five times. Uh, Eva Green or Sean Bean died yeah. <laughs> in X movie. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. I, mean, I think it has to be now. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for rumors and stuff regarding Batman v Superman and big news stories. So yeah, guess we can go on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. Oh wait, you forgot one thing, Tim. Oh, what? Uh, the Frank Miller dark Knight three, um, the master race. Apparently see, they're not changing that title. <laughs> see, I said big news. Is that really big news? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what really, really do they show? I mean, some variant covers came out for it. Yeah, just covers. I mean, it, it pretty much just looks like Frank Miller did it. Man, I gotta say, I'm not excited at all about this. I mean, Me we either. talked about it before when it was announced, but uh, we, we talked about it to death of <laughs> Frank Miller's yeah. track record recently. And the only thing that has me hopeful is that Brian Azzarello is involved. And as we'll get to later <laughs> with our Batman 44 review, I mean, that's definitely a good thing. But how much really is it going to be him and Frank Miller? But Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I usually use my... I usually use you to judge and vet my comics and, you know, my TV shows and my whatever. But it doesn't sound like you're, you're going to read uh, Dark Knight 3. 
not right away. It's not something I'm going to get yeah. on day one. I'm actually going to do what you rely on me for. I'm going to rely on other people <laughs> to let me know how it is and if it's the true sequel of The Dark Knight Returns deserved. I mean, <laughs> I mean imagine if it's – I haven't even read The Dark Knight Strikes again, but know how bad it was according to people and how just uh, it's known now for being a bad sequel to that story. I mean, if it's worse than that, that'd be a big shame. Well, I mean, it's kind of bad that – it's kind of bad because he puts his like political opinions in it. Mm, yeah. And it's like, uh, you might not necessarily agree with him. Maybe that's what Brian Azzarello is there for. <laughs> just to kind of, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that, it's just a crappy that. story. It's just a crappy story. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be worth reading to find out. I mean, if this is supposed to be the end of the dark Knight returns trilogy, maybe we'll have a definitive ending for Batman. I mean, there's really only one way he can go where he dies because at the end of dark Knight returns, he faked his death, but kind of continued on anyway. So he can't really do that again. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll find out eventually, but <laughs> just not right, not right away. I think they should just put a nail in this already. <laughs> and they should just close that coffin on this thing already. It's funny on the advertisements, like on the DC website, it's like the comic that you didn't think would happen, but it's here because you, the fans, demanded it. And that really the case? Who, who, was, who was asking for it? <laughs> Especially after the Dark Knight Strikes again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Frank Miller has done great for Batman and comics in general. You know, he's done Daredevil. He's done all these other other things. He's done Sin City. He's done. Yeah, his place uh, Ronin. in comic history is cemented as a good one. Well, with that said, his most recent projects, not only in comics but in movies and stuff, it's kind of almost undone what he's done for comics. Is <laughs> <laughs> he? I, I never think that way. I mean, if you've done something that's great and it's there, stuff what you do afterward, I don't think doesn't affect it it might uh put a little dent in your track record as far as like having everything be of good quality but i don't it doesn't change what he does in the past at least for me it doesn't i know some so okay Tim, I'll, i'm gonna try to explain it to you okay what if i gave you like a golden chalice called year one batman year one mm-hmm. right okay and then as i turned around to leave I dropped the turd called the spirit. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> then what? Would you still think of me the same way? Um. Yeah. I mean, you did one great thing. You did one bad thing. I know there's. Uh, see, I, I wonder if it's even like an even scale now, where there's a lot of stuff that didn't do as good as far as the stuff he does have good. I, I don't know what the ratio is on that, but yeah, I'd still chalk it up. Okay, you just swung and miss on this one, but. The story you did with year one is still great, and it's, that's not going to change. Yeah, finally, I guess. But <laughs> Maybe it's I just don't know. Me. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, to me, he's kind of undone everything that he's done. Yeah, see, I don't think that way. No. Mm-hmm. Because that stuff's still there, and nothing. I mean, like I said, I haven't read The Dark Knight Strikes again, so maybe it does. What happens in that story taints what happens in The Dark Knight Returns, but I tend not to think of that too much because. That's like I said. That story is still there, and even though you might not like what comes after that, it, you still got that one story that's still pretty good or really good. Yeah, and plus too, I mean, it's not only that. It's like reading his recent interviews and how he he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you wanna 
hang around mm, okay. or be around. It's he's just like a real big turnoff. Mm, yeah, but, that does that probably doesn't help either. Yeah, but but anyway, <laughs> Dark Knight yeah. Three: The Master Race will just have to see how it turns out, and if I'll read it eventually. <laughs> but let's get on to our favorite part of the show: conversation with Alex and listener feedback. And Dane, do you have Alex's email handy? Yep. yep. Do you want to go ahead and read that one? Yeah, sure. He says, good day, Bat fans. I don't know if you guys put the last laugh. Maybe say that in a Cockney accent. Like, good day, Bat fans. Well, I don't want to offend an entire nation. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might just did with my horrible (laughs) reading of that. But it just sounds like it needs to be (laughs) said with that accent. But okay. Or an Australian accent. (laughs) See, my Cockney accent, my Australian one probably sound the same. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, they're kind of close. And yeah. It's like, I, I think it's just one of those things you got to live in Australia or the UK to r- really see the difference. Yeah. I will say I did wish I had those accents because those are the best accents. And Aust- Australian and New Zealand accents sound the same. Yeah, that's true, too. New Zealand's do have cool accents. Yeah. And it's where Lord of the Rings was filmed. Yeah. I heard a lot of them, people with those accents watching the special features. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. probably how I've come to like it. <laughs> Man, it's a nice place. I wonder how the weather is in um, New Zealand. Uh, it seems beautiful <laughs> from all those Lord of the Rings yeah. shots. Even when it's raining, it's still be awesome place to live. Yeah, it seems like it's moderately temperatured. Mm. You know, it's not too cold. It's not too hot. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that because, like, the the room I'm in right now is so muggy. I mean, <laughs> it, it's for one thing, it, there's no wind, right? And it's uh, it's been raining constantly since Friday. Is it all so, humid too, and everything? Yeah, it's humid. It's hot. That's the worst. It's just like I'm sitting here and I'm sweating. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sweating while podcasting. I mean, that's the yeah. combination. Um. But anyway, uh, Alex says, good day, bad fans. I don't know if you guys put the last laugh theme in the last podcast episode because I mentioned it was a favorite of mine, but thanks. It never gets old. Well, Alex, yes, I did put it in there because you mentioned it in the email. When you mentioned it, like, you know what? That really is a cool song, like I said before. It didn't make a good intro for the episode, and that's why I put it on there. So, yes, uh, you are to think, and I'm glad you liked it. Well, he says, I would absolutely love to see Tim's idea of one Batman continuity come to fruition. Although Dane brought up a great point that a lot of fans don't have the time or money to experience all the stories if they are in different mediums outside the films. However, Tim's point about having a strong story team like Lucasfilm could help. It's what I was wanting out of the New 52. Although, like Dane mentioned, some consumers don't want to worry about continuity. And if fans don't like the direction of the book, they might be out of luck, like a lot of fans were with Marvel's ultimate continuity. Why was that bad or something? I think uh, the point of the Marvel Unlimited series was to create a new continuity where fans can just jump on and not worry about continuity storylines and being lost. But eventually it came to that point where it just became as convoluted as the main Marvel storyline, which I think made it hard for people to get into that, too. Oh, I see. Uh, I almost said ultimately he could continuity. <laughs> I think it's the worst. I think it's worth 
the risk, and I would help hope they stick with their guns if they did it. In regards to the picture of Batfleck with the long ears, I agree with you guys. It looks better in the picture because we don't have the full body shot. Personally, I prefer the, sk- the skinnier world's greatest detective with the long ears versus the bulkier brawler Batman with short ears, but it looks great. The costume they chose is perfect for the Batman they're going for, in my opinion. And of course, Alex has questions. His first question is, if you guys could build the perfect amusement park, what would it contain and what would be the main attraction? It doesn't have to have rides. It could just be a park and a waterfall. Oh, wait. It could just be a park and a waterfall could be the most enticing part. Well, see, mine's easy. If I They're building my perfect amusement park with the new <laughs> Star Wars land coming out at Disneyland and Disney World. So I'm all set for that. But I think it would be cool for like just brands with recognizable characters and franchises to create their own world like Disney. I think the perfect one would be like Nintendo. They could do like a Nintendo amusement park with their different characters where we got like World of Zelda, Mario, Metroid, Star Fox, and Pokemon, and all those brand names that they have, kind of like Disney. They could do some cool stuff that they had their own amusement park. But I think they worked out some deal with Universal where there's going to be some attractions at Universal Studios. But I think it would be better if they just created their own amusement park like at Disneyland because they definitely have the franchises to do it and I think the brand name too. So um, I don't know if it would be my perfect amusement park, but that would be something I'd really like to see now that I know I'm getting a Star Wars land. And even like DC too, like a DC world, that would be awesome too. Got plenty of characters and franchises to do with that. So I would pick those two next on my list now that I got Star Wars. Yeah, for me, it wouldn't be like a certain kind of theme like Star Wars or Nintendo. It would just be a it 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 just be a park where you could go actually go on all the rides because <laughs> without waiting. Yeah, without waiting. Because I remember when I was a kid, I remember when we went to Universal Studios in Florida, and I remember wanting to go on the uh, Spider Man ride. Where, you know, it's kind of like a 3D thing and you have like a little gun or whatever. Okay. The only problem with that was it was a two-hour wait and we had gotten there right when the park opened. Mm-hmm. And it was already two hours. So, yeah, like two hours so, out of your Yeah, day. we're not going to stand in that line for two hours. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it would be a li- it, it would be a park where you don't have to wait so freaking long you know yeah <laughs> i wonder if that'd be even possible i mean disney's kind of doing it with their fast pass stuff which yeah. i've never actually used before so i'm curious if that really works pretty well I yeah, but if you ha- yeah but if like let's say a thousand people buy the fast pass right and you're 1001 yeah. <laughs> you gotta wait for a thousand people <laughs> no, all, i think it's based, all based on time like they give you a time like you come back at 2 30 oh i see whoever yeah, comes yeah. next or like the next like, I don't know, 15 minutes, half hour, or something like that. But, man, yeah. I can't imagine how Star Wars theme park's going to be, how crowded that's going to end up being. Yeah, so for me, it would be a park where you don't have to wait so long for, for I mean, because I don't live in Florida, right? And yeah, this it's is not like you're going down every weekend. <laughs> yeah, this is the only time I'm going to get to go to it, so I still haven't gone on that Spider-Man ride. <laughs> I mean, it's one of my biggest regrets in life. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's your white whale right now. <laughs> yeah, that's my Moby Dick. <laughs> then when you get there, it's gonna be, I, this was all for nothing. <laughs> like the ride, so worth yeah, like, my time. I waited all this time for this. <laughs> or it's like uh, that South Park episode where they go to the this amusement park or a state fair or something. And the kids are standing in line, and they're standing in line, and they end up standing in line for the whole episode. And they finally get to the front, and the ticket taker takes their tickets, and then he's like, okay, thank you. And you just see people walking off, and they ask the ticket taker, "What? Wh- where's the ride? And he's like, oh, you were on the ride. This is, <laughs> this is called the line ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's gonna be something that's gonna happen at the Star Wars world. <laughs> yeah. Like, just be thankful you're seeing all this awesome scenery and like background images and stuff. That's your pro- entertainment value for waiting online in this section of the theme park. <laughs> yeah, cause, it's gonna cause be interesting. I, I remember, I remember when we went to Universal Studios. It was my grandparents and me and my cousin, and. Like, I wanted to go on the Spider-Man ride. He wanted to go on the Hulk roller coaster. And I was like, you know, I want to go on the Spider-Man ride. And he was like, no, let's go on the Hulk roller coaster because there's going to be a longer line. So my grandparents gave in to him. And he got to go on the um, the Hulk roller coaster because I was too small. <laughs> I was too short. Was that line long or shorter than the Spider-Man one? No, because he just went in, got on, got off, and you know, <laughs> it was like nothing. And then we went to the Spider-Man one, and there was a sign-up saying it was a two-hour wait. And I was like, oh, man. Well, now let's I'm be honest. Gonna... Spider-Man's the more popular character in the Hulk, so <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be a big reason why there was a longer line. Right, right. But anyway, yeah, his second question is, what is your favorite genre of Batman comics? Noir, noir, globetrotting, adventure, Horror, comedy, family drama, soap opera, where Bruce impregnates his adopted son's girlfriend. <laughs> ah, you're never going to let that go, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would actually say it is the family drama and even some soap opera. Because you know I like that Batman Beyond story. So, <laughs> But more importantly, the family stuff. Anytime you deal with Bruce's parents or just even him and Alfred and all the Robin stuff that to me is always the best Batman stories and how it and especially if it's something where the Joker does stuff to hurt one of those like family members I mean we got perfect examples with Return of the Joker the Batman Beyond movie and Death of the Family Death in the Family all that type of stuff it just when it comes to the family that's where it really hits home for me in Batman stories so those would be my favorites Oh uh, yeah, for me it would probably be it would probably be horror because um I look back at what I consider to be the best comics and a lot of them have to deal with the horror uh genre like uh Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum, uh Scott Snyder's Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um especially near the end of that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess you kind of say uh Long Halloween Although that's war and noir, hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I probably I probably say horror. Okay, that's but, interesting because yeah, the horror when you say it, there are some good stories like that, like you mentioned. But when I think of horror, I don't think of that as my favorite type of Batman genre comic. But there are some good ones out there now that I hear the ones yeah. you mentioned. So that is a good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of horror, you think of like 
like a serial killer chasing after you in the dark. Yeah, like that might not necessarily be the case. It could just be like a horrific sort of yeah, like scenario. Jason movies and <laughs> the yeah, Freddy Krueger those type stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think of that automatically, but it could be something like Arkham Asylum or you know uh, Black Mirror and stuff like that. So yeah, probably horror for me. Well. Uh, Alex uh, ends his email by saying thanks, guys, and uh, thank you, Alex, for sending in your email because we always enjoy reading them, right, Tim? Yep, favorite part of the episode. Yep, and we love you, and we love you, and we love you. Just remember if you're... Oh, no, i got to say that at the end, right? Yes, <laughs> unless you want to yeah. say it twice. <laughs> no, no, I'll save it to the end yeah. just to make it special. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, as much as we love Alex's emails, we also love hearing from Michael and Mark. I got to make sure I say the names right and not mix them up. So <laughs> go ahead and read Mike's email first that he sent. He goes, hey, guys, been a while between emails. So I was wondering, did you miss me? Yes, Mike. I could safely say me and Dane both missed you. But good to have you back on this one. He says, but seriously, it sucks that I haven't been able to keep up with the emails. Between my Internet problems and work, I have been struggling to find some time to write. I enjoyed your discussion on the Batman music, and I think you could easily do a special or another full episode going into greater detail on all the music that has been in the movies and other media. I would highly recommend checking out the scores done by Christopher Drake. He has done some fantastic scores for Arkham Origins, The Dark Knight Returns, and Under the Red Hood. Yeah, definitely we could do many episodes talking about the music of Batman. At least I could, because there's so many good ones out there. Yeah, we didn't even touch barely on the Christopher Drake stuff from the animated movies. So I, I think I said this before, but those aren't necessarily my favorite. I mean, they're good scores. They fit well with the movies, but no themes really stick out to me as some of the other ones. But I, I know I'm probably in the minority there because I know a lot of people like them. And he goes on to say, as for your discussion on the idea on lining up the comics with the movies, actually a decent thought. I was wondering, though, if Batman has a big enough universe to make it sustainable. Star Wars only has three to six movies left before the Skywalker story is over. But they have thousands of years of history that they could draw from. Will Star Wars still be the one story slash timeline in 10 years, 20 years? I think they will have a big battle keeping their canon 100% clear between comics, movies, books, and games. Yeah, Star Wars, like you said, their universe is so big and their history is so great. I don't think they'll have that problem. This, that story group, I mean, I'm so glad it's there because they're the ones that are in charge of making sure everything lines up okay. The, we don't get stuff that happened with the EU that conflicted with the movies in Clone Wars. So I'm pretty confident in Lucasfilm and their story group that they'll keep it all in check. So hopefully it won't become an issue. And then it continues, for Batman and the DC Universe lining up with the movies, it could work if they have a solid story group similar to Star Wars. It could be run by Jeff Johns. He seems to be the right guy to be the go-between for all concern. It would be good if they did this as the primary line and for the more comic book stories, they could do it like the Legends of the Dark Knight books, and they could be whatever the writer wants to write. The current DC continuity is all over the place, so it would not be that different from what is getting put out now. Can, we, can you imagine how cool it would have been if we got a book based on Batman 89 back in the day? I would love to read more from that world. Also could be good if the comic book movies die out, that the universe will continue for the fans to enjoy, and you could get characters that would probably never make it into the movies done in comic form in set universe. I would love a movie done about Booster Gold and Blue Beetle done like the books, formerly known as Justice League. It was a comedy book that had a great tone and would be cool if it was something like the Jump Street movies. 
yeah, that's a good point because we know these movie universes aren't going to last forever. And if people really take to them like they did in the Marvel ones and want to see it continue, I mean, comics is the obvious choice to go. And I remember, Dane, we were talking on our Dark Knight Rises review episode. We were saying how I think probably certain character stories like John Blake can continue on in comic form. And I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet. I still think it is going to happen eventually. Maybe like a 10-year anniversary or something from the Dark Knight Rises and people are feeling nostalgic about it and they want to get new stories. Maybe they'll do it then, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it can be something like the before Watchmen line that came out where no one thought that would happen. And then <laughs> those came out and then maybe that'll happen with the Nolan stuff. So did anybody actually read that? I don't know. <laughs> That's a few years ago now. I'm not sure. Did how you well read it? Did. No, I never read it. Did you read Watchmen? Can I confess something? You never read it. I never read it, but this is probably, I might lose comic cred with this, but <laughs> Since it was available on YouTube, I watched the motion comic of Watchmen. Oh. So I got the story of that. And <laughs> I know it's not the same as reading it, but I got the gist of it and what it was all about. But I really liked it, too. I, can, uh, I really, I mean, Rorschach is an awesome character. I mean, he, this is story about him alone, I think it would have been great. But I could see why it was such a big, monumental, changing comic story. It was really good. So it kind of got me interested to read the before Watchmen Rorschach stories to see what those were about with him. Because, spoiler alert, but (laughs) since he dies at the end, you weren't going to get anything that continues afterwards. So curious to see what that story was. That might be something I might check out down the line. But then he says, um, make sure I didn't lose my place. Oh, the big thing with doing movies and comics would line Let's movie that again. The, the big thing with doing the movies and the comics lineup would be the actors staying interested in the roles as they would be getting decent royalties for their likenesses. So the longer it lasts, the longer they'll keep getting paid. And this will assist in the movies getting the best out of all the actors. I know that Tim is looking forward to the Batman slash uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I love the Batman Spider-Man and Batman Predator books from the 90s. I was wondering what team ups with Batman would you like to see done? Would you like to see a comic series expanding the story of the Batman versus Darth Vader? Actually, that'd be really cool. I mean, that fan-made film was awesome, great production value, and even the story, too. I think it'd be awesome if we got a prequel to that where we see how Darth Vader actually captured Superman. <laughs> that would be really awesome. And then Batman figuring out he's been captured, maybe going to some different Star Wars planets to find out where they're keeping Superman at the Death Star and just him interacting with different Star Wars characters I think would be pretty cool. I mean, it'd be so far out there that you can't worry about how it doesn't make sense or not. You just gotta turn off your brain and just accept it as being, like, fanboy service to, like, diehard fans of Batman and Darth Vader. So, yeah, I'd really love to see a story done with that. But I think we talked about this before, where what team-up characters would like to see Batman team up with, and you probably heard me mention this a few times, actually, where I want to see him with Wolverine. I mean, these, there have been fan-made movies. The same people did the Batman versus Darth Vader, did a Batman versus Wolverine, but I want to team up Batman and Wolverine stories. So hoping one day I'll get that. I don't know. Anything that's popped into your mind, Dane, that, since we last discussed <laughs> that you'd like to see a Batman team up with someone? Yeah, something just like really, really weird. Like, <laughs> like Batman teamed up with... Um, like... Archie. <laughs> <laughs> that actually just, sounds like something that might have happened. I'm not sure if it has. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I just want to see something like really, really weird. Like Batman team teams up with um, 
those those weird alien things from uh, uh, Prometheus or something. <laughs> <laughs> just something weird. How about Batman I mean, Power Rangers? How about that? That'd no, be awesome. Not really. <laughs> just get Batman have his own uh, Zord <laughs> that he can go yeah. into. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm getting one that I never thought would happen with the Batman, or Batman. The Turtles. <laughs> Who would have thought that would be happening? Batman and Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Batman in the Pokemon world. He has like a bunch of different Pokeballs in his utility belt that he pulls yeah. out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, let's get as crazy as we can. <laughs> and then he says, as for the talks on trading comic characters, I admit that I don't really understand the trade system that is used as in Australian sports teams don't use this. They just do straight contracts. For the trade for Spider-Man, I don't really think that DC would get a good deal, and I don't think he would be a good fit in the DC universe. I think someone like Captain America or Iron Man would be the better deal to chase, or even going for Thor would be a good character, since he would fit nicely in the Wonder Woman universe. Do you think that Aquaman and the Teen Titans, the Teen Titan less Robin, would be a good trade for one of these guys? Because I think they would fit in the Marvel universe. Well, it was fun doing an email for you guys again, and hopefully I can make it a bit more regular again. Until next time, Mike. Well, thanks again for the emails, Mike. And as far as the Aquaman Teen Titans uh, going to Marvel, um, if Teen Titans aren't going to have Robin, I wouldn't be too upset if that was the case. <laughs> it depends on who we get back, but I wouldn't shed a tear about them moving on. I mean, I like Aquaman probably more than what most casual people do since he's always the butt of the joke of superheroes hopefully that'll change with the movie but yeah um won't lose sleep over it i guess so but i also like too we're still talking about that subject of trading characters and <laughs> we're getting so much discussion mileage out of it i think it's <laughs> awesome so if, they, if anyone has more trade propositions i think would work send them on in <laughs> we'll see how they are yeah, I mean, it's the the possibilities are endless. That's yep. why because I can say like I can give you Batman four or blah blah blah, you know. Exactly, and if it's good or not, that's just the question. <laughs> or we can toss in some cash or a player to be named later. Characters who have yet to be created. <laughs> Throw them yeah. In there. <laughs> or we can do a David Justice kind of thing where they got him from the uh, the A's got him from the Yankees, but the Yankees were paying half of his contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That trade looked good in the half season in 2000 that they had him. He hit some big home runs, but then in 2000 run, it looked like an awful... 2001, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. It looked like an awful trade. <laughs> and then we got one more email from Marine Mark. And Do you have that one ready to go, Dan? Yeah, sure. You want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. It says, hey, Dan and Tim. I'm glad you guys liked that amazing playlist from Batman Forever. I miss the 90s. <laughs> I'm with you, Mark, yes. Especially 90s rock music. <laughs> like, uh... Well, kind of in the beginning, like Pearl Jam. Mm, Pearl Jam. Miss Pearl Jam. I'm never big a Pearl Jam fan, but Alice in Chains was awesome. Like Soundgarden. Soundgarden is making a comeback, which is cool. And I mean, we're never going to get a Nirvana comeback, unfortunately, because that's as good as it got in the 90s. But all the 90s, 90s was the best era for rock for me. I mean, sure, it had crappy other pop music <laughs> during that decade, but when it comes to rock, so many good bands. What else came out of the 90s? Yeah, uh, Weezer. Well, I'm going by my favorites. Weezer, oh, Weezer. Of course, 311, Foo Fighters, and like I said, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and oh, there's like some one-hit wonder bands in there, but they were good songs. So like, even on that front, 90s just had some good rock music. 
Are the Foo Fighters overrated, Tim? No, they're not. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like they are. No, Dave Grohl's awesome. It's awesome kind of, songwriter, even better like front man and this nice guy. Like It's hard not to like him. Maybe I can see, well, I love the music, but of course, music subjective fans aren't going to like it. So that's obvious. But it's hard not to like Dave Grohl as a person. <laughs> He's just so personable and so cool. Did you hear what he did to that one fan in Colorado? No, which one? Yeah, he was. I, I guess they were doing a show in Colorado, and they, they were playing. Oh, you talking about the one song. where someone cried? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was. He didn't make him cry. He was crying in the audience, and he brought him on stage to have him sing with him. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, but he was called. He was like, "Are you effing crying at my uh, concert? Are you?" You know, well, every has a word out of his mouth is the F word, so it's not like yeah. what a single that guy out. He does that, uh, I guess so, but I don't know. I think they're overrated because it seems like they just put off the same song over yeah. and over again. Uh, I mean, that's a big disagreement I have with you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like reggae, it's like the same song over and over again. <laughs> uh, let's move on. You're just gonna make me more upset. <laughs> I think I may have overreacted to the story and should have looked more into Bleeding Cool's reputation. I agree that a lot of that loss is due to the move, as it's very expensive to move across the states. If DC was implementing austerity, we would already we would already have known. I'm glad we were all able to read Batman 44 before the podcast. It was amazing, and I'm a big Brian Azrael fan, and 100 Bullets is one of my favorite comics. Long live Vertigo. <laughs> yeah, well, Vertigo's kind of dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, Mark. Uh, I mean, they, they just ripped the soul out of Vertigo, if you ask me, but whatever. Uh, you can kind of tell what Snyder wrote and what Azrael wrote in the book. Jock's art was great, as always, and gives amazing Batman portraits with only his white eye showing. I'm not really sure how to explain this better. The use of the oversized cape always looks great and gives Batman the larger-than-life presence we love. I look forward to reading Corbett's review. I look forward to hearing you uh, six out of six Jock Bats hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink review of Batman number 44. And lastly, DC released the solicitations for Robin Robin War that starts this December. Not gonna lie, it looks fun. With Tom King, Tim Seeley, Lee Bermeo, and I think Brendan Fletcher are ready and more. Oh, Tim, this means the return of the Court of Owls. Have a great weekend, guys. Mark the Marine. That's Marine Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin or Robin War, mostly. Well, okay, I got that confused with uh, Batman and Robin Eternal coming out. Okay, yeah, Robin War, we'll see. I, I'll probably give that one a shot, but hopefully it's not too tied with Batman and Robin Eternal because I'm not counting on getting that one. So we'll we'll find out. And if Court of Owls are in it, hopefully they'll be uh, done with some justice if Scott Snyder's doing it. So it's something to look out for. And yeah, we'll see if Batman 44 gets breaks the mold and gets a six out of five or six out of six rating scale. We'll find out. <laughs> but that's it for our emails. But we do have one more comment that we got from our last episode on the website. It's from Guy who made a comment on the last one. He said, "I loved your Batman stories ideas. Very cool. 
I just wanted to write and let you know how awesome I thought Batman 44 was. I'm setting the theme here about Batman 44. <laughs> the origin of Mr. Bloom was so cool, and Jock's artwork was amazing. He needs to stick around. What do you think? Thanks again for another great podcast. I also wanted to give you guys a review on iTunes, but I never use it. Do I need to make an account? Then what do I do? Search for Batfans Podcasts? Let me know. You guys deserve a five-star review. Thanks again, guy. Well, <laughs> Tim, did, did, did you answer him back on that post, or did, did you wait for, for him to hear this? <laughs> yeah, I saw the post not too long ago, honestly, so <laughs> I didn't reply yet, but I will reply. So, Guy, yeah. when you're hearing this, you should hopefully have the answer already <laughs> on the reply section on the website. But in case you don't, might as well just say that, yeah, you do have to create an account on iTunes and then you pretty much got it. You just search for the Batfans podcast and it should come up and then you'll see the writer review tab and you just click that and rate and review us and it'd be much appreciated. And thanks again for all the kind words too. Glad you're enjoying the show. So then hopefully we'll hear from you next episode because we love hearing from as many listeners as we can. So thanks again. Yes. Thank you very much for your comment and your future review. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got to leave a reply soon after this episode. I'll leave one. Yeah. Cause, cause we can't leave it at 13 reviews too. It's all, it's a bad luck number. Got to get to the even ones. <laughs> and we're at 13. So if we get guys, we'll be at 14. Then it, we can hopefully get to that stretch of 20 because that'd be a nice round number. Then anything beyond that would just be awesome. So yeah. we got to make that our new goal, 20. I mean, it's not like uh, the force or the stuff continues where it's like, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what was that review? No, I believe the quote was, you're both morons. Or it was either you're both morons or you're both idiots, one of those, <laughs> and that's it. It's like at least offer up some sort of criticism yes let us know what we can do to approve it so that you can enjoy the show not just well if you're just going to say we're idiots then probably nothing's going to make him change his mind so right sorry darth big butts which was his <laughs> <laughs> itunes account name big butts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine if like like let's say that was your um itunes handle or whatever and you wanted to review the new Foo Fighters record <laughs> by Darth Big Butts. I like this record because it's blah, 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 blah. Or this is Darth Big Butts. You guys are morons. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he didn't even say this is Darth Big Butts. <laughs> Just, you guys are morons. Darth Big Butts. Uh, um, I guess it's, you know, you made it online when you get a bad review or a bad feedback. <laughs> 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 that's not even the case too i mean you guys aren't morons you guys aren't idiots because you know i mean come on you heard tim on this podcast talk eloquently about his experience with uh star wars so hopefully it comes out eloquently <laughs> i'm not fumbling and mumbling over my words <laughs> which i know i can do sometimes <laughs> yeah it's all good well, with that and getting negative review discussions out of the way <laughs> from Darth Big Buds, we can go into our comic book reviews. And I got to make sure I say it right off the bat, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're going to be spoiling these epi or episodes, issues <laughs> we're going to be talking about on this episode. And they're going to be Detective Comics 44 and Batman number 44. And Dane, you already said our rating scale earlier. It's going to be what? Death sequences um, of Sean Bean and Evergreen, right? 
No, it's gonna be like how many times how how many times ever Eva Green and Sean Bean died in their filmography. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I can remember all that. But <laughs> yeah. All right. So Detective Comics number 44. This is concluding the arc we've had with Gordon Bullock and Montoya and Bullock's partner, Yip. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the last issue of Bouchelotto writing, and which is going to be a shame. Uh-oh. <laughs> him and Francis Monopole, man. It was a short run, but I thought it was great, especially the art. Unfortunately, this isn't uh, the art's done, but not by them. So <laughs> we already uh, lost that on the previous issues, but we still got the story from them. And this one, this one, I, I think I gave almost every issue from the story arc like three or three and a half on um, the rating, and I think this one's pretty much going to be the same. It was just a solid story. It wasn't bad, and this wasn't great. It was just a good solid uh, police story, a police centric story. And this one concludes as we left off. Uh, Gordon's Batman's about to fight this big old Joker robot, just being controlled by the Joker's daughter. And we know that uh, Bullock's partner Yip was meeting with Falcone because she was giving him the seating arrangements from the circus event, where they're they know something's going to go down, and so there's a lot of police security there. And I got to say, the fight with uh, Gordon's Batman and the robot that took up a big portion of the beginning of the issue. It was okay. It was kind of cool to see him fight, but. The Joker robot design didn't look that great, and just the Joker's daughter, and she was kind of making the point, like, there's a robot Batman, so there's got to be a robot Joker. Didn't really carry that much weight to me, (laughs) knowing that it's not really from the Joker. But the stuff with Bullock and Yip and uh, Montoya coming to a head was the main thrust of the issue that I liked, because Montoya was uh, actually picked up Yip. Um, after she met with Falcone, there she was saying, "Oh, we have to get to the circus." Like the actual plot was that they're going to assassinate the cops that were there. Any cops who weren't being like bought out by Falcone, they were going to eliminate, and that was the main target. They thought it was going to be like high Gotham uh, society members and like businessmen that they were going to be targeted, but instead it was police officers who weren't being bought by Falcone. So she was saying, "We got to get there." Montoya saying, "No, we got to help Gordon defeat the." joker robot and then it turns out their police truck got hit by an explosion from the joker robot but the gordon batman was able to save it as it flew off the bridge that's the pretty cool panel shot and but yip was still trapped inside and we see as bullock and montoya get out um the they were still i'm trying to remember the pacing it was like we saw yip trying to talk to harvey but then later on we don't see what happens to her but then we see that uh, which took me by surprise that Harvey actually blows up the truck, <laughs> which looks like Yip was still inside. And Montoya was like shocked, like, well, what are you doing? He just threw a light and the truck blew up. Like, he just killed your ex-partner, even though she was like betraying the police department. Like, how could you do that type thing? But um, it turns out Gordon defeats the Joker robot, of course. So there was no huge surprise there. Then Batman was able to stop the assassination assassination attempts on the police officers at the circus. So it was all predictable storytelling where we know Hero's going to come save the day at the last minute. But I was anxious to find out, okay, I don't think Bullock would really kill his ex-partner just so cold-blooded like that. But then we get the reveal as he was, kind of him and Gordon were talking at the end. We get a flashback panel showing what happened where Bullock and Yip had this all planned out to fake her own death because she was pretty much going to probably be the next target on the Falcone's list to be killed, and she betrayed the police officers, so 
she was kind of in a no-win situation. So her and Bullock having a romantic relationship too, I think maybe Bullock felt a little responsible to help her, help her out, and they pretty much just faked her own death. He got her out of the truck that before Montoya could see, and then he blew it up, making it look like she was dead. And But it turns out that Montoya knew all along because Gordon actually told her about it. And then there's a nice conversation between Bullock and Montoya at the end, talking about their passage history together as partners and Montoya saying how like she has so much respect for Bullock and how she has as a cop now is thanks to him and the training that he had over us. So I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of a nice moment between them. And then with Gordon and Bullock kind of just poking fun at each other, Bullock making fun of Gordon's hair and kind of saying, I still can't believe you're the freaking Batman. And Gordon's like, yep, neither can I. So it was a fitting conclusion, I guess, to the story. Kind of had a happy ending for everybody, I guess. So I'm going to give this one three out of five times that Sean Bean and Evergreen have deaths in their filmography. Hopefully I got that right. <laughs> I think you did. Okay. I think you did. <laughs> now for the big one, Batman 44. Did you happen to read this one at all, Dane? No, I didn't. So I'm going to put down my headphones and uh, just text me when you're done. Okay, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a good one, so yeah, I don't. Yeah, so so I bought it, I I have it, but yeah, I don't want it spoiled right now. <laughs> okay, go ahead and take them off, and I'll continue. Okay. Okay, Batman number forty-four. Now, yeah, we started in our emails from Mark and from Guy saying how awesome Batman forty-four was. I completely agree. This issue was amazing. And even before I picked it up, I mean, Mark, you tweeted me and Corbin too were saying how great it was. And so I had some pretty high expectations for it. And what I loved about it is just a good old fashioned Batman mystery story. It's trying to solve this crime of this murdered boy named Peter uh, Duggio. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We'll just call him Peter. But yeah, Batman finds his dead body and he asks Gordon, him and Gordon talk about it. And I'm trying to figure out to see what happened to him and we see batman go on a mystery case it almost seems like something that would belong in the detective comics line that batman tries to solve this murder mystery and one cool thing about this too is the narration it's not it's being narrated by a third-party person where it's not batman it's not gordon you don't know who's narrating it and what i thought was cool about it i read this on ign's review i believe they're saying it's like Gotham City is actually being the narrator of this, and I totally love that because it actually has that feel because it's actually saying what it notices about Batman, what it notices about certain other characters in the city. So I thought that was a really cool theory, and I think it works really well with that. So the first stop on Batman's uh, trip to try to find out who killed this boy was to Penguin because it turns out that it looks like they figured out that he was at some dealings with Penguin. Then there's a pretty cool sequence where Batman has Penguin caught up or be captured in a birdcage hanging off a building, and he's putting some like, serum bird feed, I believe is what it said on there, on the rope, where a bird comes and starts pecking away at it to try to get Penguin to get some information out. So Penguin reveals the story that Peter came to him saying he has the shop that's now out of business because during zero year that's another thing this takes place not too long after zero year so it's pretty early in batman's career so peter's father is in the hospital and might not make it and his store is not going to make it either so but part of his father's wish was that the store doesn't become a hideout and a front for the gang 
called the Four Fives because I believe his older Peter's older brother was a member of that member of that game and he got killed. And so Peter knew this was probably going to happen. So to try to avoid that, he would go to Penguin, let him be the one to take over it and kind of use that so the Four Fives can't get away with it. So then when Batman hears that. He pretty much just accuses Penguin, saying, "So you took it, and then you actually you worked with the boy, but then um, you had him killed. You shot him and dropped him from a helicopter." And then Penguin's all like, "No, that's not what happened. Like you really don't know anything about this city, do you?" And that's where the narration comes in. It kind of plays on that, saying, like, telling Batman, or like that stuck with Batman for a while. Like he doesn't know the city, he, the city maybe as well as he used to. He's been gone for years training. And he thinks he does, but he doesn't. It kind of goes back to that court of owls mentality where there were so many things he didn't know, and that came to bite him in the end. So, again, it's cool stuff like that. So as Batman goes to investigate that that store that was Peter's family store, that's now being taken over by the four fives because it turns out Penguin went against Peter and actually – because the four fives was a gang that Penguin – was at odds with they were a gang that wouldn't join up with penguin they're like the only one so in order to get that gang under penguin's control he figured okay they want this store i have it i'll give it to them as a like sign of goodwill to get them as part of my group so that's what he does he betrays peter and he ends up giving that to the four or fives gang so as batman makes his way there there's this great moment where that'll play later on at the end where he sees just his kids hanging out in the store it's not a good neighborhood and as the narration says, it looks like they don't want to fight Batman, but they just want to talk about their lives with him. But Batman's there. He, he just scares them away. There's this great panel. We just like him yelling, kind of like doing a scream. And they just scatter off because they want nothing to do with Batman. So Batman confronts the leader of the four fives and starts getting more information. And he tells the story of how when Peter came to the store and saw that they have taken control of it, they end up having to fight Peter shows some resiliency fighting against the four or five gang members, but then accidentally sets off an explosion that happens in the building. And it looks like that's how he dies. So this leaves Batman on another trail. And then he gets a call from Gordon saying he knows where the bullets that shot Peter, where, what gun it came from. And it turns out it's, it's a, turns out to be from a detective who was at that crime scene. And this is where the story kind of takes it to another level where it's pretty much hitting home as far as what's really going on in our world right now with the shootings of unarmed uh, black people because that's some that happened here. That's what happened to Peter. It turns out that the narration is saying how there's been many cops who have been shot in this area about guns. Then it says Batman knows this, but he also knows how many young black men have been shot by cops unarmed in the corner in the last two years. How many cops have gone unpunished? I mean, that's pretty timely for what's going on right there. So this kind of makes you think that this was something that Scott Snyder and Brian Azzarello wanted to comment on. And it just added a whole nother just great effect to the story that I wasn't expecting. It's, like I said, it's really timely. It just makes you think what's really going on in our world. Because it's a sad thing when you see this play out in the comic where you see this detective, you see Peter come out from the explosion, just all like what's going on, days, and then you see Peter or the cop just says like, "You're right there, sit down, sit down," and then he just shoots him, and then you see Peter, and you see the cop run away, and you see Peter just on the floor with blood, and like Batman's okay, that's enough of your story. Like, what did you do with him afterwards? And he says, "I don't know. When I went back there, the body was gone. It was just blood." So that was a very powerful moment I felt in the issue, and then another great moment where. 
Batman can, goes to the Peter's father's, the hospital that he's in, and his brother's there. And he starts crying and telling the story of what happened, why Peter's doing all this. And it wasn't because he got caught up with the wrong crowd or wanted to become a, a part of a gang. It was his last resort because, um, oh, it's actually not his brother, it's his cousin. And he was saying that he like didn't want anything to happen to that his father's story, to let, let alone be wronged by gangs that had an effect on his family. And he actually says that Batman was his inspiration to do something. He had to take matters into his own hands to protect his family and his family's store. And his cousin said, like, oh, it tells him, well, you should try to ask Bruce Wayne for help. I mean, he's doing stuff like with the city that'll help after zero year and help restore Gotham. And you should ask him for help. So we see a panel flashback where Peter is at, at a press conference in the crowd with Bruce Wayne, and he just shouts out, like, Mr. Wayne, Bruce, like, hey, like, over here. And unfortunately, Bruce doesn't hear him and doesn't – I don't want to say doesn't pay attention to him because it sounded like one of those things where he just didn't notice him and couldn't hear him. And that kind of hits home to Batman. It was like, oh, I could have stopped this from happening because after he didn't get help from Bruce, he had no other choice. There was nowhere else to go to go for Penguin. But then as it's revealed – um, his cousin tells him there was actually something else he did. He went to this, like this part of the zero year that's still jungle like, and this is where it ties into the current Batman story, where we see Mister Bloom for the first time and kind of how he made his first mark, where he gives Peter that serum that turns regular people into metahumans and gives them power. And it, we get revealed at the end that where it wasn't that Peter just got shot and then dumped out of a helicopter. It turns out that formula had an effect on him where he might have gotten shot, but it really didn't kill him because we see him turn into – he sprouts bat wings and he's turning into a metahuman and we see him fly off. And it turns out he just fell from that. That's how he fell. It didn't, the effect of the serum didn't last long. And once the powers gave out and his wings didn't last, he fell to his death. And there was this great uh, – the monologue again by Scott Snyder and Brian Azzarello. It was just a great part here where that last page where we see Peter flying off. It just says, the boy flew, but Batman will stay because he got it wrong. He sees that now because there was someone to catch. Cobblepot, Tano, Haller, the man in the alley, Bruce Wayne, the whole city, and everyone and no one. But above all, the one to catch was the boy before he fell. It just brings out how all these different situations like crime bosses and gang members that Batman tried to pin or try to solve who actually killed Peter, it ends up, it could have, he kind of had a part in that too, where Bruce Wayne couldn't help him and he had nowhere else to turn. And this is a great ending to the issue where it goes back to what I was talking about, where Batman confronts those kids out in the yard or in front of the store and he just scares them away. But the issue ends where it says, like, he will do it next time. He will catch someone. So when he goes back to that same group of kids, he falls down there and the kid starts to run and they say, it's him again. We got to get out of here. And Batman says, wait talk to me and they're all like are you serious really and that's where it ends and the issue is called a simple case so yeah this issue was amazing it lived up to all the hype <laughs> that it got early on the art was fantastic it was so great having jock back doing writing with scott or doing art for scott snyder again then with brian Nazarello. yeah it was just a winning combination all the way around so i don't want to break the mold and give it a six <laughs> out of five i'm I'm going to give it five out of five times that Sean Bean, Sean Bean and Evergreen have death scenes in their filmography. If anything, if I have a nitpick, I will say maybe you couldn't, didn't have to tie in Mr. Bloom 
into the story to have it connect with what's going on in the current Batman story with Gordon, because I think it was powerful enough on its own to what happened with them. But then again, the whole thing about Bat- Batman trying to catch this kid as he fell from grace in a way, with the metaphor without him actually having wings and flying and falling to his death, I could see it working that way. So like I said, just a minor nitpick. So, But again, a great issue overall. And yeah, I can't recommend this one enough. So yeah, five out of five. So now let's go ahead and get Dane back on here. Wow, that was a long review, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's was that great. good? It was right? good, yeah. I, get, yeah. I had a lot of people, like I mentioned, were Mark and Corbin. They were saying how great it was before I read it. And it lived up to the hype. Just a good, simple Batman story. But I think you're going to love it. Good, good. Finally, positive reviews. Yes. <laughs> I did give it a five out of five. Wow. Not necessarily a six. <laughs> I can't break the mold, but <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Cool. And with that, that's going to end episode 93. So as always, you can find us over at thebatmanuniverse.net and you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse and on Twitter at batmanuniverse. And you can follow me and Dane on Twitter. I'm at TimG311. There, I get to say it the right way now that I'm doing the outro. (laughs) Dane is at DaneSaysBanana. And then you can also find us on iTunes. Feel free to leave us a review there. We've got to get up to 20, so a review would be much appreciated. And then if you want to send us an email like Alex, Mike, and Mark did on this episode, you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast and on Twitter where we do most of our social media interaction at batfans27. So with that, that's it. And Dean, I'll let you take the outro. All right. We'll see you guys then. Uh, the next time, just remember we love you, and if you're ever feeling alone in this world, just remember that Tim and Dane love you. Right, Tim? Yes, we do. As always. Alright, well, with that, goodbye, everybody. See you guys next time. Adios. Adios.